Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. I love LA. At an homage to the Los Angeles Dodgers, I was going to toot the horn of the wonderful start for L.A. until Joe Kelly decided that he wanted to screw that up by ruining Ross Stripling's uh, shutout that he had going, as well as blowing the lead a second time when Dave Roberts decided to try and let him uh, redeem himself. So, uh, rough start for Joe Kelly to blow two leads in one game, not the auspicious beginning that the Dodgers were hoping for. But anyway, everyone, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, JP, I don't know if you've covered any material yet. I know that uh, we had a little slight delay here, a little snow delay, a little weather delay. It's snowing here in Colorado. Uh, wonderful little reprieve here to remind us of winter before we uh, head headlong into summer and the brutal 95-degree temperatures. Although, hey, much better than my hometown where it's going to be 115 or 120. <laughs> so, uh, roads were good, JP, or uh, Nate driving up? Yeah, yeah, roads were fine. Uh, you know, there were some wet spots here and there, but uh, yeah, just uh, kind of weird after two back-to-back 70-degree days to wake up to uh, some snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah, right, and it's like, uh, you know, it's about right time to start running again, and then all of a sudden you got to stop. So, um, And uh, JP, how was the uh, weather down there at the Veranda High Point? Do you get a lot of snow? You know, we, we got a, a dusting of snow. The pool is actually empty right now, which I'm really pissed off about. So I'm looking at the pool. It's only on the uh, the brush. And, what's that? Cannonball. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll break my neck if I do that. <laughs> exactly. But we got a little uh, – the, the brush that's still out by the pool, we do, we do have a little snow on it. I got to tell you, it was 76 the other day while I was driving around. I was sweating my butt off. And I don't like it. Yeah. But, hey, the good news is that baseball season is in full swing. Yeah. The NCAA tournament is coming down to the final four. Sure. And uh, we also would like to preview for our listeners out there basically what we kind of see happening this baseball season in terms of where the divisions will end up. And if we've got it uh, off the top of our heads, maybe we'll run over who we think might win the awards uh, for each cool. week. So. Uh, not, an, not an easy task by any means, but a fun one. And uh, so I think we should start off with the NCAA. And, you know, I see, you know, Duke won again, and Duke did move forward. But that's the second game in a row that Duke, like, barely squeezed by. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of shocking to me that they're, they're running into this. And without Zion Williams, they, there's no way they'd still be alive. No way. Or or would they be better because they wouldn't be relying on him? I don't know. No, because I think they've shown when they were without him, they didn't do well. Yeah. Right. Did he they, got they injured. Remember that shoe? Though, right? He had that shoe blowout. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just blowout hurt around the world. They lost at least once, if not twice during that. That mess. Uh, guys, but, they uh, actually lost. Uh, they they lost twice to North Carolina. They've lost that game. They've lost the other game. They're four and eight. Well, I'm sorry, their last eight games, they've won four of them by one point or less. Wow. So, in the last games they played, they're not playing very well basketball. But they're winning. Right. doesn't matter how, how you that. get there, right? It matters if you get there. So That's why I didn't pick them to win. I figured that Zion would get hurt before the end of the tournament, and that would do it for them. However, uh, my other two brackets, I had North Carolina – and so that's an uh, that, that yeah. hurts. And I do still have one bracket live with Gonzaga. 
and it's about a 50-person pool, and I'm currently in 12th, but I have a chance to finish in first still. That's always good. You always have that, that max points yeah. still be as high as anyone my, else. Yeah, my back, max points are like 355 <laughs> or something in that league, and I can win. That's we'll weird see. how different the counting is. Like in my ESPN uh, tournament bracket, I, I have yeah, I have 1,560 yeah. points available. So. Yeah, this one's weird. I uh, I still have all four of my final four uh, alive, I think. I think I have Kentucky, not North Carolina, out of that division. So I know I picked Purdue in my final four. Mm-hmm. So they have to win one more game. I can't believe it. I I had Purdue going out in the second round because, man, the Minnesota had their number this year. Minnesota beat them twice. Minnesota's barely a top 50 team, in my opinion. Well, it's all about the matchups, right? No, it is. It, for whatever reason, Minnesota just must match up well with them. Uh, but I figured, oh, if Minnesota's beating them <laughs> twice, they're going to lose to somebody early. But they have. I think it's just like fantasy baseball. They, you know? yeah, they surprise me. You don't have to have the best team. Uh, you have to have the best team compared to the team you're playing that week. So, you know, that always brings up an interesting point with fantasy uh, sports, which is, do you is your top score your best team, or do they have the least points against? You know, it's always kind of a a yin yang. I mean, usually you have to be a decent scoring team. Well, I think it's both. I mean, if you at the end of the year in all three sports, if you look at that point differential, that's typically the playoff teams. So well, I was if you thinking, have, I was thinking fantasy sports. Oh, I see. I see. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, yeah, at the end of the season, all the playoff teams typically score more than they, than they give up. And that, you know, that's how you determine who the playoff teams. Now I know there's been a few times in baseball where there's been teams that have, you know, had more, uh, runs against than runs scored and made the playoffs. And I'm sure it's happened in the other two sports as well, but uh, it's it's more rare. Uh, definitely not common to yeah. to have your run differential be negative in the in minimum MLB. Right. Minimum. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's unusual. We should run over our trivia question. JP, did you do you happen to have the notes and do the trivia question, or are you not logged in? Uh, you know, I am not logged in right now. I was looking for it, and then my internet went kind of collapsed on me when you guys were having all your problems there. Hey. All good. I I got you maybe, back. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's just Comcast. Maybe Comcast is an internet thing. Just all screwed. It could be. Well, we decided. That's uh, what I have. I have Comcast. Okay. Yeah. We we decided to go the baseball route, obviously due to the time of year. So, here's the question: On opening day, the Los Angeles Dodgers set a record by hitting eight home runs. What was the previous record, and who were the two teams? And it, it's weird. I actually went through a few different websites to find the answer to that because I mean, I'd heard that it was a record. So I wanted to see, like, why it was a record. But you couldn't find who the old record was and for a while. Right. I, yeah. Everybody would just say it was their new record was broken because they heard somebody else say that, but they didn't actually see what the record was. Right. And then I finally found one site, and they said uh, the most since the live ball era. And it's like, well, okay. Live ball era started in like 1920, but that doesn't tell me what the old record was. Yeah. And so I finally found it on another site. When? Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder when they consider the start of the live ball era. Does it post? You know, guys, I, I think just it might be 1940. I think you're right. I think it's no, right no, 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 when it's the war. That, it's not that old. Not that, not that late. Isn't it? Okay. I don't think so, because li- the live ball era was Ruth. That's true. That and is murder, true. Murder's Row was nineteen twenty. So then it had to be around like nineteen fifteen. Then, like 19- I'm guessing, guessing nineteen twenty. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, I'll look it up. Nineteen twenty nine is when the, the the Murder Row Yankees, right? So 
I guess I would say if everybody out there has the answer, go ahead and give us a call, 929-477-3204. If not, we'll be uh, trying to Google that if possible and uh, get you an answer. Um, let's see. So, sorry, I got this thing kind of out of order here. Marcus nails it. 1920? Yeah. Yeah, I, wow. I, I I'm kind of cheating because obviously that website said since 1920 in the live ball era. Oh, so well, there you go. You... That's why I make that assumption. But I mean, I didn't actually say that's when it started. Got it. Yep. Dead ball era from basically the start of baseball to 1919 or to 1920 and then 1920 to now. And what's interesting is that in your twenties, your balls are very lively, but when you hit your seventies, yes. so that's when the balls yes. are a little dead. So, uh, or at least <laughs> the swimmers are. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't know if March Madness was good these last two days. I hope so. I have been obsessed with baseball. I'm so excited to play, watch baseball again. The Dodgers have been looking real good, uh, except for Joe Kelly, as I mentioned earlier. And my fantasy team is actually playing well, which makes it a lot more exciting. And uh, I'm not sure. What, what do you got? What are you showing me there? Oh, the squirrel sleeping in the thing. So my dog, uh, Betty, is a little quirky. <laughs> And uh, she's just easily agitated by the the wildlife, and there's this little uh, squirrel that just haunts her, and it's it's quite entertaining because it'll it run the along. Same squirrel. It's the same it squirrel. Was there when I was there, and, and it was it would make noise whenever she stopped paying attention to it. So we have this huge uh, ash tree in our backyard, probably fifty foot, sixty foot tree. But uh, he kind of run. He'll run down the trunk and then run back up and just taunt Betty. We have this little plant hanger. It's probably about six feet up. My wife just sent me a picture of the squirrel taking a nap in the in the holder. It's literally its eyes are closed. Isn't it's, it cold? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a squirrel, so maybe they just live in. That's I just so I thought they weird. I thought they like burled up into their little cave areas and uh, they live inside trees, right? I think they try to when it's cold, you yeah. know. I don't know. I have I don't I've never see a squirrel nest, <laughs> you know. I guess I never really yeah. looked. They yeah, they build them. But uh, I do remember when I was uh, when I was watching Betty that 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 squirrel went out of its way to drive her absolutely yeah, it's it's dessert. pure entertainment. Yeah. Um now did you guys see the basketball games on Thursday? Cuz I mean, I barely. I don't think there was any huge surprises. Well, I'm sorry, there was. Texas Tech beating Michigan was kind of a shocker. I Like I was saying earlier, I have Purdue going to the Final Four, so that didn't shock me that much. Tennessee was playing pretty darn well, and they had been for a couple of games. So Yeah. Um, and then Zags won, Virginia won over Oregon. That's not a shock. Um, I kind of bet a man, Oregon gave them a fight, and they're, that's a good team. Yeah. That's a well-coached team. Uh, that's two years in a row Oregon has pretty – They've outdone themselves. Last year, they went pretty far as, a, I think, a 12 seed as well. JP, can you confirm that? Uh, you know, I think you're right on that one. They went really far. They made it to the Elite Eight, I, I believe, last year. They came up one shorter this year, didn't have the seniors that they had last year. And uh, my bracket is busted. I had UNC. There's, I, I actually texted you guys my bra- a picture on my bracket. There's so much red on this paper. I'm not sure if I'm looking at blood coming off my fingers or what. I just wish I had done a real big money pool because I actually am having one of my better years, but that's probably why, because I didn't care about who I was picking. But uh, Yeah, mine was busted the first day. so That was because he can't? No, Nevada. Nevada, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, you had to go in Final Four? I had him Final Four. Yeah, that'll hurt. Yeah, who did. was your UNC as your champion? In that 
I mean, I, dude, I haven't been above like the 17th percentile <laughs> since day one in that bracket. Uh, but I do have, like I said, I do have one other bracket. I have Gonzaga winning it, and uh, I have a chance to win it. And it's about 50 people, so it's. Oh, that'd uh, be some good money. Yeah, and it, and you can buy Hopefully up anyway. to three brackets each, so. There could be some good dough coming that way, that from that way. Yeah, I know we'll that. See. Uh, I know that Captain Chavez has a uh, thirteen hundred dollar winning league. Yeah, uh, he's uh, in second place. I just checked it yesterday. Yeah, so, doing well. And uh, best of luck out there. Uh, so, wishing him luck. I don't need to wish him luck. Just hope that you hope your teams are playing well. Yeah. Um. And uh, got this, Chavez. So JP, did you see the games on Thursday? Because like I said, I, I was working late, and then I watched baseball, and I I didn't see a thing. You know, I had a, you know, I have three TVs in the living room here, so I had all three TVs on, and I watched a little bit of baseball, a little bit of uh, basketball. I, I saw pretty much the whole nine yards, and I know, boy, Roy Williams and uh, North Carolina last night. Auburn is no joke, man. Auburn is no joke. Oh, I was actually wondering about the Thursday games. Did you see any of those? Oh, the Thursday games. Um, you know what? I mean, I had Michigan advancing. They obviously did not. Um MSU now, obviously how, held how their own. Did Michigan get rolled? Yes. Yes, they, they did. Lost, they did. like 44 points or something? Is yeah, that right? they lost by at least 10. I, I, it was a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you this. The, the, the Thursday night games were pretty much uneventful. I mean, the teams that won, won, and they won big. Yeah, I mean – you know, there, yeah, there, there was uh, the Oregon game. How much did Virginia win by? Do you remember well, that? You know, Virginia only won by about five points, I think. I think it was okay. 82 that was 77. That was, a, that was the one game that was close then. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga kind of made quick work of Florida State, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Which I, just I was that... really surprised at because Florida State has really two big guys down low that gave yeah. Duke fits all year. I mean, obviously they didn't beat Duke, but they 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 were within uh, ten points of Duke every time they played them. Well, you know, yesterday morning when I was doing my SSS, I was reading an article about uh, five thirty eight, and they were predicting that Michigan State was now the best favorite to win the tournament, not wow. odds like betting wise, just probability. And however they do their statistical analysis or whatever, I thought that was interesting. Well, but I mean, Michigan State did win, so they they're still they got a chance to do it. Well, Marcus, I mean that was going to be. I mean they got to play Duke. Yeah, Michigan State kind of got screwed in the bracket. They have to play Duke to get to the Final Four. If they beat Duke, their odds on favor to, to win. Well, if there's anybody that can beat Duke, I would think that Michigan State would be a good candidate. I mean that or Virginia. I thought I thought Virginia would have a good shot, but that would have to be in the title game. Yep. Yes. Yes. So that's the way Tech, the brackets lay out. Back um, Texas Tech game is going to be the one to watch. That's going to be some serious points scored in that game. Absolutely. So I mean, I, game. you know, this is the order they have them in, or the or order the bracket, but the games must be so Duke and Auburn must play their two games. Not don't play each other, but their games must be on Sunday, right? Because they played last night. So I'm guessing today is yeah. the Purdue and Gonzaga game. Anybody know? I don't know. Uh, yes. uh, Purdue should be on today. Okay. So Purdue versus versus Virginia. I I don't think Purdue should have – I don't think it should be a crazy shock if Purdue is to beat Virginia. Virginia kind of is, yeah. a, is kind of a – not a brittle team, but 
They just they they seem to always be a top ten team, top twenty team every year. And I, you know, especially over the last five or ten years, they've had the number one seed more than once. Right. Last you know? year they had it. Yeah. Lost so in the first round. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know how that ended last year, right? Was that the first ever, <laughs> ever sixteen yeah. seed to lose? Yeah. Man, first we could take a bet on that mean. one, huh? Yeah, that's Money uh, line, that would have paid out nice. Um. So yeah. So Virginia. Virginia, Purdue, I think that could go either way. I think that'll be a good one. Duke, Michigan State, as discussed. Uh, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, JP really likes Auburn, but boy, Kentucky's a force to be reckoned with, obviously, with uh, Big Johnny C. And uh, Gonzaga, Texas Tech. What do you think about that one? Do you think uh, Gonzaga rolls home, or uh, do you think they uh, have some work cut out for them, JP? I think that's going to be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Um, those are two teams that can just fly down play. Uh, Texas Tech has been there all year long. I, they saved at the end in the uh, Big 12 championship, but uh, not getting there. Um, but I, I think they're right there with Gonzaga. Gonzaga is great. They beat Duke earlier in Maui this year, back in November. I, I love the matchup. It's going to be a great game. Gonzaga seems to be kind of a sweetheart pick this year. A lot of brackets picking them, you know. They finally got their number one seed, I mean, and they finally got – I mean, they, they were, the, you know, Cinderella for a while, and then they're kind of moving up, and it seems like everybody thinks that this is the year for them to take a step forward, which I think goes against them. I think that they've lived kind of with the Tom Brady-style chip on the shoulder kind of thing and that they're always undervalued or underappreciated, and that helps them kind of rise to the occasion. So I don't know if I – if it'll be a helpful thing for them to be in that number one seed, other than I think that they have one of the easier paths to get to the title game out of, uh, over a lot of other brackets that had at least one other powerhouse in it, you know, because you feel like you've got the Michigan State. Wasn't it Michigan State? Oh, maybe. Which bracket are they in? See, I get the brackets all confused. I was thinking the one bracket has had UNC and Kentucky, right? JP, put them right. So Duke and Michigan State and uh, another Kentucky one. was with UNC. And Auburn. And Auburn. Okay. So, you know, that, so these, these other divisions, you know, you got a major hurdle you have to get over at some point. And Gonzaga doesn't seem like they have that until they get to the final four. So that that's a helpful thing. I but, agree. But I just don't know if the – I don't know if they're suited or if they're used to the lead role, I guess, or being a favorite. I don't know if that'll affect them differently, but best of luck to them. Cause I mean, it'd be nice to see Gonzaga finally get a title. Love to see anybody besides, you know, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Kansas. I mean, those are the schools I don't want to see get titles cause they always seem to get them. So yeah. um, Michigan state JP help me on this. They haven't won since Martin Cleaves, right? Martin Cleaves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah. you're right there. Um, Michigan state beat Michigan twice to win the big uh, Big Ten championship. Um, they're playing some of the best ball in the country right now, and I have Duke beating them in my bracket, but you know what? My bracket is so busted, I don't even care. I'm taking Michigan State over Duke. Now, you mentioned Gonzaga. I really like the way Gonzaga had the easiest bracket. Duke had the toughest bracket to go out. Um, being the number one overall seed in the tournament, Duke had the toughest bracket. Zaga had the easiest bracket. So right now, Gonzaga um, as we sit, it's going to be at 4.09 our time on TBS. Uh, that game will go off. And um, it's going to be a shootout. I, I look at Texas Tech and Gonzaga as being a shootout. Purdue's going to play Virginia at 6.49 tonight. Ooh. Here's the problem with Virginia right now. 
Virginia can play defense all the time. Their shooting is under question. They are the number three scoring team in the country, but they do not show it every game. That's my biggest my biggest lag on Virginia. And I think it's, you know, I wanted to share with everybody. So, you know, before the tournament started, I did a few bets, uh, futures bets on some of the teams in the tournament to see if they win the whole thing. And uh, I actually did throw down on German Marquez for baseball for the Cy Young Award winner. I threw down on him. Uh, obviously, that's a long shot. I did get a, a bet in uh, early enough on the Nuggets. If the Nuggets happen to win it all, which I know is not, no one would think that it can happen. Boy, I'll win a lot of money if they hit that one and off a small bet. Um, I took Villanova, JP, <clears throat> and unfortunately they they didn't uh, they didn't produce for me because they had a real nice payout. Uh, Kansas. Well, I, fell- I, I would have told you out of that one. Well, you know, got to take a shot on the big ones every once in a while. I do, I do still have Michigan State alive. I do have Kentucky alive, Gonzaga, and Virginia. So I got four teams left with my futures bets. Uh, obviously, they pay different odds. I think Gonzaga pays about 70 bucks on the original bet. Um, Tennessee pays 95. Uh, Michigan State pays 150. And the Kentucky pays, I think, 120. So go Michigan State. Yeah, go Michigan State. That's who I'm rooting yeah, for. Definitely. Anybody but Duke, because I didn't bet on Duke. So you know, because Duke was the only team before the tournament started to have a negative uh, odds bet instead of a positive. I, I almost have to laugh about that because all the like you know bracket experts and like. <laughs> You know, nobody took Duke because every they I think everybody thought that they were all gonna take Duke, and so like it was like, hey, who do you take instead of Duke? Who do you take instead of Duke? And then I think it I I think it honestly had an effect on the overall brackets, not having as many people picking Duke. Right. Well, I think people were also not sure about Zion. You know, I mean, if he wasn't ready to rock and roll if he got fatigued, if he went down or anything like that. Right. And uh, but he's 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 played very well. So uh, he's kind of the only reason that they're still alive, as far as I can tell. Uh, Auburn versus Kentucky, I think, will be probably the I think that'll be the closest game. I think you got the two teams that are the most. Like running on all cylinders, I guess you say, or have the have the joints lubed up perfectly. They're just playing hot. Yeah. Yeah. So I I look forward to watching that game. And like I said, I have been sucked into baseball these first two days and I haven't always been like that. And I'm telling you having a fantasy team that looks good right from the start, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes it so much more exciting to watch baseball when you feel like you've got something rolling. And like I said, I mean, with the Dodgers hit eight home runs on opening day, that didn't hurt. So uh, that added a lot of enjoyment to my viewing experience. So um, before we move on to baseball, did you guys want to review anything else in regards to the March Madness? Uh, I'm trying to pull up the SEC standings right now because I believe Auburn beat Kentucky this year once, but I do not know that off the top of my head. Let me just pull this is, up real quick here. Is Kentucky in the SEC, or is that is that was that just a non-conference game? No, they're in the SEC. They are okay. No, they're both in the SEC. Uh, I by the divisions in basketball compared to football. They're a little different. Um, man, I'm trying to find their schedule, and I, it's it's you pulling up I, all I, kinds I, of different games right now. Uh, here's what I'll say about the uh, the tournament right now, because um, I only have about one more minute here until I have to go, and I'll be back at 10:30. Um, <clears throat> I really like Michigan State. Make no mistake about it. Gonzaga's got a great shot because they have a weak bracket. And if you look on the other side, without UNC there and Auburn there, Kentucky-Auburn is going to be a great game because we've already seen it twice. 
Well, actually, I think we've seen it three times because I think they played in, in their SEC tournament. So, um, up top, Purdue, tough team to figure out, guys. Really tough team. They got two bigs down there, and uh, they can hold their own in Big Ten play, but can they hold their own against Virginia with a lockdown defense? So, that's all i got to say. i got to run. Thank you, guys. I will be back on at about, oh, say, 1030-ish. You know what, JP is living the struggles of a porn actor. You know, you have to be ready when the director says. <laughs> I'm action. getting fluffed for a suit right now. I mean, I'm getting fluffed up for for a shoot, man. Uh, let's go. <laughs> well, enjoy your uh, enjoy your shoot and uh, have a nice cocktail when you're done, and then uh, and then hop back on the show, and we'll we'll still be here, uh, probably still talking baseball by the time you get back. So you probably will be. <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you guys in just a little bit. Have a good have a good time out there, and say hi to. Uh, I don't even know any current porn stars anymore because the American ones are all ugly. Um, well, they used um, to be, let's see. I, I I always oh, like good Gemma Jameson. Uh, Dude, she looks weird. She looks nothing like yes, the Gemma Jameson Howard Stern's private parts. She was a god see, I, on that movie. I mean, she was as hot as they get, and she looks weird now. Uh, I mean, I know she She's can hold much weight, muscle much pl- weight, but that but plastic that. surgery maybe. Yeah, her yeah. face doesn't even, doesn't look like the same person. Yeah, you know, Meg Ryan. See, I like you the know porn star. Yeah. You know, I like Abby J. Not, so I'm not sure if I know which one Abby J. is. Like I said, I just don't. You I don't probably keep up don't. On You'd have to really anymore. search it. <laughs> Sounds like Mark's got his afternoon All right. plan. <laughs> I think Mark's looking at the computer already. Thank God for snowy days. Oh, you guys. Uh. All right, JP. Good day to you, buddy. You're talking a little bit. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. Good rest of the half hour, man. Thanks. You got it. So Kentucky Wildcats beat Auburn both times. So okay, yeah, they they played twice. They beat them eighty. Oh, it's gonna start making noise. Um, well, it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. Very hard. Very hard. So they beat them. Where's that? Where'd it go? Where's? Oh, there it is. So they beat them eighty to. Th- 80 to 53. So that's Yikes. a pretty big butt whooping. Uh, the other game, they won if that's a ball, 82 too. to 80. So oh, real close. Really game. close. So I was, was that game a good in, here. Was that game in Auburn? It was. Yeah. Okay. It was on the so road. The they didn't game, do as well. Yeah. So interesting. Oh. Fingers crossed. Do you know battle. where the game is being played today? Uh, not without looking it up. Yeah. Just that curiosity well while you look that up i'll uh i'll jump into baseball here and uh man opening day guys uh came on thursday as we all know and it's one of my favorite days of the year uh i did not get to go to the rocky where i'm not be going to be able to go see the rockies uh their opening day is this friday their home oh, opener. Wow, they had a whole week and a half on the road. Yeah, they mm. started out on the road, but I think it's smart for you know Major League Baseball like to take cities like this because they, you know, they probably wouldn't have played last night had they had a game. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be quite. It'd be yeah. interesting. So I think they no, try to avoid these cold weather cities in the schedule in the early part of the season. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I. Do you think it'd be harder to play in snow than rain because of the the visual I, factor? Well, I know I've done both, so <laughs> I've never played a game in snow. Yeah. Um, the well, the, the rain, the factor with the rain, obviously, the wet is kind of the real problem because 
you know, the, the base paths start getting wet and that's when it starts to get dangerous with guys with their cleats on and slipping on oh, a bag yeah. or, and yeah, the, or, you the know, ba- catching, even the baseball. A, catching a cleat in the mud. So, um, that was always quite a bit more dangerous in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depended on the snow though, you know, like the, I think it happened to me twice actually as a kid where we had snow blowing during a game and, you know, our season was, when I was really young, was in the fall. And so, you know, it would be, you know, late October when we had, like, our playoffs and stuff. and or Early October, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a couple snowstorms. And, I yeah, I don't remember it being quite as difficult, although playing in the outfield was really difficult. I remember uh, trying to catch a fly ball out there, and I dropped it. Yeah, I just like like you'd have to, like, squint and stuff because yeah. of the falling snow. And yeah. So unless you were wearing glasses, I don't think you'd be in good yeah, shape. Yeah, I think I caught most of the rest of the ones that came to me that game, but the very first one went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me every time I play outfield because I have no depth perception. So That was back back in the day I was because that was before I was a catcher. So Man, remember when you were young and it was easy to move? You yeah. Know? That was fun. <laughs> yeah we were just talking this week about how we're starting to have elbow issue you know glory days <laughs> right we can just go back inside and and chug a few brews so i keep looking at the clock and thinking we're past the halfway point and i forget we didn't start until 9 right. uh and i keep wanting to jump on the uh on the trivia question well opening day yeah so jacob de out dual Scherzer. They both pitch great. Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, two runs over seven innings is nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But DeGrom, no runs. I mean, he is well, he looks I, better than last year. I think he just told told us and told the world who the best pitcher in baseball is. Absolutely. And, you know, I they were smart to lock him up. They've got him locked up now. And the Mets can't be as bad a hitting team as last year, right? No way. Not with all the additions they made. Right. They I mean, had, they who had did some, they bring in? They brought in Cano. A couple of trades. Jay where Bruce. They brought, yeah, Robinson Cano, Jay Bruce. They've got some they got Do more they than still that. have Cespedes, too? Yeah, but I think he's hurt again. He's hurt again? I don't uh, – yeah, for some reason I heard that he wasn't going to be playing for a while. They got a ca- the know. catcher, uh, Ramos. Oh, they got Ramos. Okay, yeah. Ramos from the Cleveland uh, – uh, well, uh, Cincinnati uh, – Chicago? Isn't that where he was? He was in Tampa, I think, last year. Oh, he was in Tampa. Then in Washington previous to that. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, another player the Twins had and let go, and then he got good. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, how good was, how good was David Ortiz before they let him go? Well, not that good before. He wasn't. Okay. No. It was not until he went to Boston that he, yeah. he blossomed in, yeah, behind they, Manny. After they let him go, yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, DeGrom, unbelievable. Um, he, I, it seems like he's almost had an uptick in velocity over the last two years. I I think I did read that somewhere that he's gone up over a mile an hour on his fastball. And now you played a higher level of baseball than I did. I don't, I never made it past, um, it was called majors. Uh, so basically like 10th grade, I think it was, or something like that, that we were done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I ever faced anything faster than 60 miles an hour. And that I don't think I even saw that that often. Sure. What is the fastest you've seen, <laughs> and how how well can you describe the difference of one mile an hour on a pitch? Um, that's a great question. So, as far as fastest pitcher I ever saw was 
a kid named Darren Ersted. Do you remember that name at all? Yeah, he's in the major league pitcher. He was a major league, but yeah. not a pitcher. He was a he was a position player for the Angels. Yes, first base or yeah. outfield. He played all over. Okay, but he was uh the the point being is he was not a pitcher <laughs> in the major leagues. Right. Um, but this guy he threw like I I suppose probably about eighty five would be my guess. Wow, really? Yeah, and uh, there was another guy, and I did, wish did I could you get remember. a bat on the ball. No. Oh. Okay. Nope. I try. I only tried once. I only swung one time, but no, I did not hit it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He blew it right past me. I just, I don't even think I would, it would be so hard if you hadn't seen that. Yeah. To know how fast you have to react. I mean, you have to start swinging almost like within like a, what, one-tenth of a second after it leaves his hand? The big problem was, like you said, is the contrast. Because even in high school baseball, you know, we probably had some guys that threw 70-75, you know, on our team. Yeah. Um, So sometimes you take batting practice against that. There's a huge difference from 75 to 85. Huge difference. Right. Well, I mean, think about some of the pitchers they talk about having the most devastating tr- change-ups, right? And they're like, because the arm angle and Max arm Scherzer. action looks exactly the same as the fastball. That's why Scherzer right? is so good. So, and, and a lot of times, those pitchers' difference is not more than like six or seven miles an hour, but it causes t- hitters to be way off. Like, sometimes they're shooting way out in front. Oh, yeah. that's and, and I think you only get that deception at our level, or at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, at the major league level, like I think, you know, there's th- there's kids that do it in high school and, and even a little younger than that that are able to. But it's more not necessarily about the the speed changes. It is the spin on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the curve ball is just something totally different to a kid, you know, than a fastball. And, the, you know, the change up is something that you just don't really see because, from 70 down to like 63, <laughs> it's not really that big a difference as like 95 to 90 would be. Right. You know, so I, so it's not as effective because you're not taking that much right, off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the, you're making it too slow so it's too easy to hit. Right. Yeah. The point. Yeah. The point is, is the faster that the, the ball is coming in, the the more dramatic the change from mile per hour to mile per hour. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. That yeah. would make perfect sense. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, facing yeah, an 85 mile an hour fastball versus you know even guys that threw hard on our team through 75. Yeah, you know, so um, seeing that come across the plate was and, and think about the fact that we're talking about these changeups in the majors. The changeup is 87 miles an hour. Yeah, so it's like, oh, that's pretty fast. Uh, yeah, it's just slow enough of I, the fastball to make you off get off your time. I remember I was probably close to about 10 years out of high school, and we went to. Uh, a batting cage like my cousins and I, mm. and they had a fast pitch major league and they, and it was 90. Wow. And we got into, and not one of us even got a foul ball. Wow. I mean, you almost seem like you had to like start with your, like the bat half cocked, like right here, you know, and then just like, just like, you just, have to just have an incredible <laughs> quick twitch, uh, quick twitch. Re- I mean, yeah. I, I don't even understand because I would try to do that. Like you could time it after the second time, like standing in there and be like, okay, here comes the pitch. But it, even though you knew when it was coming, you couldn't hit it. Right. So you had to like anticipate it, Wow. you know? And so then trying to anticipate it, I was, I was out front a couple times actually, you know, 
but I never even a jump on I didn't that. even get a foul ball. We probably saw 200, 250 pitches between wow. the four of us. <laughs> I want to try that someday. It was fun. Just I just mean, to try and get a bat on it, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, and this maybe even bunt it to just see what it feels like. Yeah, and it wasn't even um, uh, softballs. It was it was they were actual baseballs. So the small the smaller ball, you yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely is. Uh, you can hit them harder, but they're, it's harder to hit because right less surface area. So yes. it looks like a little BB at that point. Oh man! So I guess it makes it feel a little less. And it less... has some action on it. It was all spinning. Huh? Oh yeah. So maybe it kind of makes you think like when you see that guy swing at that slider that's way out of the zone, you're like, what an idiot! Why is he swinging at that? You got to realize, man. Imagine what that actually looks like at as a batter. Because I can tell you, like I said, I didn't even get that high up, but I remember facing this one left-handed pitcher, and I'd never seen a legit curveball. I had seen some balls that dipped. <laughs> yeah. I had never, I didn't know what a curveball was until I saw this guy throw it. Like a twelve to six type curveball. I ducked out of the way because I thought I was going to get hit, hit in the face, and I got called a strike. And there was kind of some people were snickering, and I was like, "What the hell was oh, that?" Oh yeah, that's happened. That happened to me a few times. And also, every person I had faced that had thrown any kind of a curveball was right-handed. Yeah. And I'm left-handed, so having a curveball coming from a left-hander was just. It was the most wild thing I can describe. I mean, you, how much a ball can move. You don't even notice on TV how much it's really moving. Yeah. And that was, you know, like I said, at like, you know, 12, 12, 14, I think like five fourteen 14 year old level or, or 13 year old level. So, uh, yeah, just it's crazy. I was going to ask you. So let's say you were going to be a pitcher or your son, let's say we're going to be a pitcher and you had to focus on three pitches to have to try and be successful what three would you try to teach them or, sure. or learn yourself uh well i think obviously one version of a fastball whether that's a two seam mm-hmm. a four seam a, a you know a riding a rising a sinking whatever seemed to come more natural to the kid mm-hmm. you know i would try to try to lean towards you know that would be my number one pitch because that's the go-to pitch right, right. that's the one that's the easiest to control uh it's you know it's the it's the go-to pitch. So that, that was two seamer cuts backwards, right? Like a screwball. Yeah. So for a righty pitcher, when he throws a two seamer, it tends to like float back towards the right when he throws it over the plate. So if you're a right-handed hitter, we come inside to in on you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And a fastball four seamer just goes straight. Rising ball obviously goes up, and not many people have those. Uh, Johan Santana, I think, is the last person I remember that had a really good rising yeah, fastball. Yeah, and that's because I mean that's that's, that's tricky more when it goes up. than it is actual rise in the in the pitch. I think. Ah, yeah. So it's just you know, well, again, you don't have to be that far off to get a. I mean, a bat has to hit a ball square usually to get a hit. Yeah. Unless you get like a dying quail. You so know. here's something that's kind of interesting as a as a baseball player too is. It's hard. I'll kind of, I'll try to explain it as, okay. So there's a different. There's two or three different types of pitchers. Okay. So like, when a guy throws a 93 mile an hour fastball, I've faced other guys that throw the same 93. You know. Yeah. But it's heavier. It comes in heavier, and it's hard to explain what I mean. But it like, it seems faster. That hmm. you know so. For whatever reason, if it's arm action or spin, or you know they're just taller and closer to no, the plate. No, the spin definitely makes a big. I, big I don't difference. know what it is, but there you'll see it, and you can ask any major league player that you know. There's a guy that throws 97, 
But man, it's a heavy 90. Like he throws a heavy fastball and it seems like 100. And I think some of that also is because they throw a really good changeup. Mm-hmm. And so the contrast really stands out. And that's kind of the go to pitch is that changeup. Well, that's what made Pedro Martinez amazing. And was that his fastball was like 98, 99, and his changeup was like 83. Yes. Yes. So it was just like, it's Huge almost like an discre- e pitch. And know? it looks the same. You know, right, so if right. it looks the same to the hitter and you have to prepare for 95 and it comes in at 83. Well, just, just imagine, even if you're slowing down your swing a little bit because the ball is slower, you know, you've already started your step forward. Yeah. Your timing is not going to be right. That just shows how good these hitters are if they still hit the ball out, you know. Oh, it's unbelievable. But, I mean, these guys, the talent on these players is just staggering. Yeah. You also, they're so much stronger than they look. I think because TV makes them not look as tall and big as they and mm-hmm. as posing, in, in posing as they are. Because, mm-hmm. man, those guys. I mean, I, I told you, I went to spring, it, when so. I went to spring training a couple of weeks ago, all of the guys were 6'6 on the mound. Yeah, all of right. Them. I mean, there was maybe one guy that was like 6'1", 6'1", 6'2". The rest of them, you know, easy 6'4", 6'5". Makes you wonder if, if you could jump ahead 55 years or 75 years or something like that, and they're still playing baseball, if, like, the pitchers would be, like, 7 foot. <laughs> right? I mean, like, Maybe. we keep getting bigger, it seems like, but there's got to be there's got to be a, a max, right? I, I mean... There there has to be, yeah. At some point, yeah. so... Um, what's the thing? Oh, so your pitches. So what was your first pitch? So, fastball, right? I think right. just but the traditional four-seam. Four okay. Yeah, I think that's the easiest on a, on a person's arm. So and Cutter. Is that the opposite of a two-seamer? Yes. Okay, so that one goes the opposite – or goes – cuts away. It's like, so it's like a, a slider. Mini slider. It's okay. A, that's the Super best way to, to describe it. It's because it has a late break on it. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. But it's also, a, you know, just a real subtle curve. You know, it's, yeah. only, it's, it's a – so I, I would say there's three types of pitches that are all the same, and that's a slider, a slurve, and a <laughs> – and, uh, and a cutter. And a cutter. And – they all kind of have that same sweeping motion. So for a righty, you know, when they throw it, it crosses from right to left across right. the plate, right? So it's going away from a right-handed uh, hitter. Going away from a right-handed hitter. So, yeah, the cutter is a, is a heavier – it's a heavier pitch mm-hmm. and at late break where the slurve is actually almost a lot lighter. It's almost like a, a curved uh, right. slider. That's what – hence the name, Right. You know, but it breaks quite a bit and breaks early, you know, whereas, but it's that same, Randy Johnson, it's that same pitch. motion though, right? Where right. it's right to left. But when Randy, when Randy Johnson was at his best, he would have that ball and guys would be flailing at it oh, and it was near their, like, his slur, like their, you mean? yeah, that was almost already at their knee. Yeah. And they were like, he had out a over slider the and a slur. I didn't even know that. I just know his slider was was wicked. Yeah. I mean, wow. It just like people just looked baffled. Plus, it was significantly slower than his. Well, fastball. and his delivery was unusual because he came from about, yeah, I don't know, forty forty five degree angle. You know, yeah, he had a real. And like, he was so long. I mean, yeah. His arms were so long. Well, yeah, six eleven. Yeah. So he was like, you take you take away one more foot. You know, it's like, hey, when you're talking about a total of 60 feet and six inches, taking away a foot of distance is a big deal. Well, especially you know? when you're already on a mound. It's almost like right. it's almost like he's standing on a second mound. Right. Kind of like 7'4". Can up you on imagine that trying to hit a fastball? Or a, if you're a lefty and you got to try to hit a, like a slider where the guy's standing on two mounds. Right. I mean, that's what it would seem like because he's that tall. Yeah. Plus, I mean, at least for the lefty, at least the slider's coming in on you. I mean, that's. Well, no, he was left-handed, wasn't he? 
So yeah, be going away from it just seems impossible. Like you have to just swing at every pitch and hope he throws a strike. <laughs> Dude, I'd probably just bail out of the first of the way of the first pitch, just dive out in the ground because I was afraid I was going to get hit. You know, just because or you just, just stand in there and hope you get hit. You know, right? And just Maybe. take and just take the depends on what it feels like. I don't know. Man. Oh, I've, never hit, I've never hit by a ninety mile an hour fastball. Oh God, it hurt. I mean, I mean not. I've they, never been hit by ninety so, or break. Uh, oh ribs, yeah, so. I've been hit by seventy, seventy five, and that is incredibly painful. Yeah, I mean a baseball's hard. Oh yeah. I mean a softball is hard, but a softball ain't nearly as hard as a baseball. Not even close. I mean it's. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever if you've never felt a baseball. It, I think those things are dense. So. Yep, um, got hit in the face by one one time too. All right, but so what, what were your other two pitches then? Okay, so yeah, great great question. I, so my number two pitch is a changeup. I think that. What kind of change? I think the easiest pitch and the easiest one to throw is a circle change. Okay. um, Which is basically gripping the ball with your three fingers at the top, your your middle, your ring. Like making an okay sign. Yes, exactly. On a baseball. That's exactly what it is. It's an okay sign. So you make that with your hand and then you grab the ball and that – that circle is kind of on the top of the ball. What that does is it kind of gives you some downward snap on the ball. And it also gives you a lot more friction. So you have, you know, quite a bit mile per hour off the pitch and you just try to throw it with the same arm motion. And I'm guessing that it's also like having the less fingers on it mm-hmm. does reduce speed because it, it, because it, it reduces spin. Don't you think? Well, I think the more fingers that you have on the ball, there's more friction. So it slows the pitch down. So when they're throwing the four-seamer fastball, you think it's only with two fingers, basically. Yeah, the fa- any fastballs with two fingers. Multiple. So adding the finger, you think, is what slows it down. Oh, I guarantee by it. the friction. Yeah, okay. that's why they called. They used to call a changeup a palm ball. Oh, I thought that was a different kind of changeup. Well, it is. Okay. But that was the, that was kind of the original changeup was a palm ball. Gotcha. And that's what guys did is they'd stick the whole ball right back, and they would grip it like, you know like a can of beer almost, you know, mm-hmm. where you just grab the ball and you're using all four fingers on it. There's no kind of rhyme or reason to where they go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a palm ball changeup. That's the, I think where the, where it was born, you know, right. now the, uh, the, the circle change we were calling um, with the okay sign, that's another version of the changeup. And I think for whatever reason, that's given guys the ability to snap that ball really good. You know, it's a little different than a palm ball. So I think there's more spin on a more control. Yeah, a little more control. And then an EFIS pitch is a, is a change up, but it's like a super change. But nobody really throws those. There's it's one a change guy, up curveball, though, because it, it goes really high up oh, yeah, yeah. and then goes down. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that's crazy about a curveball. Like some curveballs go side to side, some curveballs go straight up and it, down. It depends and on And a true curve delivery. should be a 12 to 6 drop. Yeah. But most guys do more of a 9 to 5. Yeah, if you want to watch a nice 12, 12 to 6 curveball, watch Clayton Kershaw. Oh, yeah. Kershaw's got a great curveball. Yes. Well, hopefully he still has it. We'll see. Sounds like he's progressing, though. They're yeah. saying that he's getting better. So, need to get him out there. Um, Urias hasn't gotten any starts yet, darn it. And I, I drafted him on, on that But hope. he still has two to go, doesn't he? Two what? I thought he still had two starts. Urias? Yeah. He wasn't showing any as of yesterday. Oh. Oh, okay. So maybe oh. he's got him now. I, I, the, Quintana still wasn't showing oh, any starts no, either. Oh, no, he's going to have two starts next week, I saw, Urias. Well, if, only, if he gets one start this week, I'll be happy, but they don't have him scheduled for one yet. So Yeah, I don't think he'll get one this week, but he'll get one this coming week, which yeah. is part of the first period. Oh, 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 the first period. Yeah, still yeah. part of the first period. Yeah. So you'll be all right. He'll get, he'll get one at least. I just want to see him, too, because he's, you know, he's kind of there. 
her their stud in the in the yeah. wings that they're waiting to have explode, you know. So um, so yeah, change up would be my second pitch. Mm-hmm. And then I think man, it just depends on like kind of the natural throwing motion of the person that I'm trying to teach, but it's got to be some sort of, you know, off-speed curveball or slider moving or pitch, yeah. yeah, moving pitch to deceive the hitter. Um so I I kind of lean towards a slider cuz I think it's probably not quite as hard on the arm as a curveball. Mm-hmm. So those would be my three. My cuz my thought would be like for I would want to be more about not more about, but I would like my reasoning would be for a, for fastballs I would have two of them, yeah. and it would be one of them would be a cutter, yep. and the reason I would pick a cutter, Mariano Rivera and Kenley Jansen, through one both pitch. of them basically only throw cutters, and they've been very successful, yep. and so now that may that, that that may speak to the fact that maybe it's really hard to throw a good cutter, and, you know, so maybe you can't just do it, you just have to get lucky and have if the I, right kind of hand or if right. If I kind of was arm. a Roldis Chapman. I would have been on the phone three years ago to that, to the Mariano Rivera. You teach me how to throw that pitch. Yeah. Right. Yes. Why wouldn't you, you know? Yes. That's if I, that's, that's what I would have done if I was a role as Chapman. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, I mean, Mariano Rivera did it what, 14 years or something like that. And he was, I mean, he was always good. He never had a bad year when he retired. He was still good. You know, sorry. I'm just kind of going off on anecdotes, but I, one of my favorite moments it, for some reason, it's just emblazoned in my brain. Was watching an All Star game, you know, when I was probably in my twenties, and Mariana Rivera and Roy Holiday were like having this conversation, you know, and you could just kind of watch it. It was like pregame, you know, and I could just tell that they were talking. And they happened to interview Holiday, I think, after the game, and you know, somebody asked him, like, "Hey, what were you guys talking about?" You know, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, I had Mariano teach me how to throw a cutter," <laughs> and uh, I just always that always stuck with me that pitchers like they that they do like they go to other pitchers and ask, you know, like, "Hey, how do you throw that pitch?" You know, and like they want to learn because, man, I mean, Roy Holiday was no slouch himself, obviously. No. Uh, the late Roy, Hall Hall, the late Roy Holiday, uh, just made the Hall of Fame. But uh, yeah, I just that for some reason that was always like emblazoned in my memory. Um, I'm not sure why, but I thought that was really cool. I yeah. just thought it was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my second pitch, I, I was going to do a sinker, and I thought in today's game, where players are constantly trying to elevate their launch angle, yeah, what better pitch to have than a sinker, where they're going to constantly be on top of it and giving you more ground out, ground ball outs. And I know people love strikeouts. I know that people want to strike people out. Hey, man, the more ground ball outs you get, the longer you're going into a game. I mean, Greg Maddox never, never blew anyone away with a fastball. But, boy, you did not want to face Greg Maddox, man, because if he was on, you were not going to get a hit. Yep. I mean, he was amazing. I thought it was even crazier when he would like have a game where he's up by like five to one and he would say, well, I had a really good player come up. Sometimes I'd throw him a meatball just to see how, you know, how he hit it out of the ballpark so that I would know the next time I faced him, how to, you know, I just sold a Greg Maddox baseball card this morning. Rookie. Yep. What was his rookie year? 86? Um, no, it was 89? much newer, newer than that. 91. Uh, I got to look at the card now. Let's see. He won a sign in for the Cubs. I think he went over to the Braves in '96. Was it that late? I'm trying to remember because that's when I went to college. '98. 
His rookie was 98? Mm-hmm. Greg Maddox? Mm-hmm. Wow, so he didn't even get into the big leagues until I was already... Oh, maybe that's not his rookie card. Could be. Yeah, no, it's not, because he wasn't with the Braves as a rookie. Now, wait a minute. No, he wasn't with the Braves. He was the Cubs. Okay, I gave you the wrong year. I you know what? My card was a 98, I just but remember. that's not his rookie year. I think I remember now that it was... 95, maybe? Well, I'm trying to because that was the year that the Braves won. One year they won it over the Dodgers, the next year over the Giants, and in back-to-back years they won it by like one game each time. And so I want to say like 91-92, and I don't think that Maddox was there yet. That's when they had Glavin and they had Schmoltz. And like two years later they brought over Maddox from the Cubs. So I'm going to say like 93 or 92. Okay, I got it right here. 86, I think. Was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. What year did he go to Atlanta? Uh, 93. So it was 93. Okay. Yep. So I knew that part right, but yeah, he was, he was around a lot longer or earlier than I thought. Yep, so. 86. Wow. Was he had a long rookie. career, but boy. I'll, oh, yeah. The one I'll never forget. 22 years, 23 years. The one I'll never forget is when he had, I think it was a complete game shutout on like 81 pitches. Yeah. And you're like, 81 pitches? Uh-huh. How do you do that over nine innings? That's less than 10 pitches an inning. You and I talked about this last night, but there is an art to pitching. And the stri- if you are able to let go of the strikeout with your ego, you know, you're going to be able to get through a game so much more efficiently because it's about where the ball's placed. Mm-hmm. It's really, I mean, that's the most important thing. You know, you want to have some velocity, obviously. But um, I, I think... He was so good at putting the ball exactly where he wanted to, you know. So, like, on a righty, he, you know, if the guy he knew the guy from the scouting report hated the inside pitch, that's where he'd pound it, you know. Right. And then they they were able to get just weak ground balls all game. But, uh, yeah, I, I, he was just incredible at being able to put the ball wherever the heck he wanted. So, yeah. Well, it's like, that, it's, it's like with uh, John Gray, right? I mean, he's a really exciting pitcher for the Rockies. They've been waiting for him. Yes. To break out for all this time while watching Freeland and Marquez actually break out. And he's like that. He's all about trying to get that strikeout. And it, you know, it can, it leads to him having too many walks, way too many pitches thrown. And if he would be more economical, you know, it's like strikeouts shouldn't be your first thought on a batter. First thoughts on a batter should be, how do I get him off speed on the first pitch to pop it up or hit a grounder? Because that helps me out. If that doesn't happen, then try and figure out what, what's, what's the opposite of what he's now expecting me to throw and see if I can get his timing off. Yeah. And I think that it's just it's a shame that he hasn't learned that yet. Like Somebody needs to tell him, do you know what strikeouts are for? Strikeouts are for when you have a man on second and two outs and you got to make sure the guy doesn't score. That's when you're going for a strikeout. Exactly. That's uh, you're so, you're so right. It's so situational. So I I don't know why, but I compare it to golf. So when you walk up to the first tee, you know, typically people want to just take out their driver. You know, it's a par and just, and just hit it as hard as they can. That's <laughs> what the people, big dog eat. That's yeah, exactly. And that's what people do, right? <laughs> well, let's say the first hole is like the one I grew up on. It's a three hundred and let's say. 60 yard par four but there's water that goes across the fairway at about at about 250 yards you know and it goes (laughs) to like 310 so so if you you crush it you're gonna bounce right in there yeah even if you hit it pretty normal it's gonna go in there you Uh know what i mean so like you 
you've got to take out a different club. You have to take out an iron or a three wood or a, you know, a, a hybrid or something. Right. And it's a different approach, you know, and lay up. Yeah. You have to lay up. Don't tin cup it. What's going to, you know, what's going to be more beneficial to you in the long run? Like it's, first of all, it's easier to hit a three wood or an iron than it mm-hmm. is a driver. Okay. You know, and there's more room for error with a driver. You know, you take that big you know, swing. You saw, if you play, if, if you show me somebody who hits it real hard but has only semi-decent accuracy and show me somebody that hits it about 75% as hard, but they always are in the fairway on yeah. every shot, you know what? Having a nice lie makes a big difference on your next shot. Ask Jim Furyk about that. So he, you know, I'll compare him to Tiger Woods because Tiger always hit the ball 320, 330, 340 plus. Yeah. You know? Crushing it. And, and obviously one of the best golfers ever. You know, well, Jim Furyk doesn't hit the ball very far. He probably hits it about 290 if he's lucky. Okay, <laughs> <Downhill>. but <laughs> but he also hits 90% of the fairways that he tries to hit. And you know, that that number right there is pretty astounding. Well, you have, how many times do you have to do a recovery shot if you have a bad first shot just before you even really get your next release? And that's swing? and that's the point I'm trying to make like you know, in the end, yes, you might have to you know, hit a 765 iron because you know, you're 200 yards away, but you're hitting it out of the fairway as opposed to being 150 behind a tree <laughs> or in the sand trap or in the deep rough. Yeah, yeah the rough you, grabbing your you, club. You lose a shot. Yeah. You know, you lose a shot. And that's that's why these pros are just so good. But, I mean, that's why Ferrick was so successful. And, yeah, it's a different approach. Of course, you know, if you're Tiger, then you can do it on your knees using the wrong yeah. backwards club and right. hit it, you know, out of the fairway and hit it into the cup like you did the other day. That's crazy. Um, so my third pitch, and I've been trying to think about what would really be the good third pitch. And a sinker and a and a cutter are both fast pitches. So a circle change, you know, a change really came into my thought process. But I thought, again, that that's more of a strikeout type pitch. And I just don't think I would be a strikeout type pitcher. I would I would be a more of a ma- of a professor type pitcher. I would want to try and just throw it where you're not where you don't get good contact and let you get yourself out, let you bring the game to me, not me force it on you. And so I think I would then go with a slider because that way you'd have, you know, uh, you'd have a a pitch that mirrored what your cutter did, but at a different speed and a different angle. And it would be, I think it'd be just enough to throw people off just enough. And it lets you get that backdoor slider where it comes and they think it's going to be a ball inside and you, you, and you clip the back of the plate and get a strike. That's the one big thing about throwing a curveball is it's such a different pitch that it's almost impossible to mimic your normal throwing motion. Right. And so that is a telltale sign usually. You can tell if a guy's throwing a curveball. A, because his arm speed is quite a bit slower. Mm-hmm. And, and B, Maybe because the typically the angle of the arm is a little different. Yeah. You know? um, Plus, the, the, the finger should be coming out this way, you know, as opposed to kind of this way. I don't know right. if anybody would. I mean, whether or not you can even see that at that speed, I don't know. Yeah. But if the fingers are going to the side and curving downward or if they're going straight down, that would kind of indicate a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you can see that once you get used to watching a pitch come in, you know, that you, yeah. you can notice. Well, not things. with my vision, but, you know, Ted Williams, who could see the spin, who could see the stitches on the baseball yeah. uh, as it was flying through the air. That's, that's you know, yeah. he always said that that's why he was such but, a great hitter. You know, when you do it like that every day and, and you grow and evolve with it as you grow up, like it's just something that kind of comes to you and not, not to take away from what those guys do because right. what they do is incredible, but um, it is a lot easier and it's slowed down for you. 
you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anything anything you're used to. It's like going yeah. into an Excel class for the first time, you're going to be just completely Head bewildered, spinning. whereas, you know, I can go into a pretty advanced class and, you know, but yeah, but I couldn't when I started. Right. You know, I mean, it, t- it takes a good few years of working. So, um, anyway, uh, I just thought it was kind of cool to think about what kind of pitches you would like to throw. I you think know? so, too. Um, what time is it? Oh, yeah, okay, we're so we're at halfway point. point. So do you want to – oh, you don't have the – Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay, so answer, <laughs> oh, to recap the uh, the question, an opening on opening day, the Los Angeles Dodgers set a record by hitting eight home runs. What was the previous record, and who were the teams? I think I actually remember both. Um, Wait, don't, well, don't tell me. No, I don't. I don't no, I'm just saying. I think I remember both. But it might be on another page under there if, if there's another set of notes. Oh yeah, there is another set here. I don't want to look so, though. Okay. Um, so eight home runs. I remember. <laughs> well, first, Yank- what do you think the number is? I would say five or six, and I'm gonna go with six. Just that's a guess. And boy, that's a lot. And I think <laughs> I I think I actually remember the game. I thought I think it was the Yankees. Um, Yankees, White Sox, possibly. I can't remember. I but it's got to be. It had to have been in the '80s or the '90s, late '80s, early '90s, mid '90s, possibly. I remember watching it or like seeing highlights from it, and uh, I'm <laughs> trying to think of who the players were at that time. So I'll give you one hint. Well, this isn't really a hint. There's actually it's been done twice. Oh. <laughs> You actually mentioned one of the teams that's done it. Okay. But not, well, I was wrong not about the other one. Nowhere near the right year. Oh, okay. Well, it's the White Sox are one of the teams, and they okay. actually did it last year. They hit six. Last year? They did last oh, year. Oh, okay. The then, other one. Yeah. Then. So it's in the 80s. Okay. Oh, so it was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So who was good in the 80s? Was that the Killer B boys, the he, the Astros? Uh, No. No? I mean that they they were playing back then. Well, okay. they my, were playing in the nineties. It wasn't my Twinkies, was it? No, it was not. Okay, Cardinals. No. Okay, I'm done guessing. <laughs> the Metropolitans. Oh, the Mets. Yeah, 1988. Okay. Huh. Yeah, the year that they lost the Dodgers in the uh, NLCS. That was one sweet victory, baby. Oh wow! <sighs> I still remember watching that. Was that one. the Bobby Bonilla days? Was he there yet? No, he was still in. He wasn't. I don't even know if he was in in Pittsburgh yet. I don't know. I can't remember when he started when, with Pittsburgh. But uh, that was like Gary Carter, Daryl oh, Strawberry. Yes. Um, was Tom Seaver Keith, still there? He probably retired. He might retire. Yeah. Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Yep. Um, Jimmy Key, maybe. Maybe. Um, oh, Saberhagen. Brett Saberhagen. Um, yep. They had another big pitcher back then, Frank they, Viola. Viola, yeah, from the Twins. Yep. And uh, as hitters, they also had. I think they might. They met, did. They have Ricky Henderson. Um, who, Keith Hernandez, right? He was on. Oh, oh, Howard Johnson. Did he they was have, a real good hitter. Was Willie Randolph? Maybe. Maybe he might have been on that team. Yeah. Um, Hojo, a nice call on yeah. Hojo. There's another like not Mookie Betts, Mookie uh, Wilson. Yeah, I think he was on that team. He was. And uh, anyway, that team was a really good Bill, team. And Bill Buckner. I don't know if he was – no, the Mets? I thought he was on the Red Sox. Oh, Red Sox, right. You're right. It was Red Sox. But what I remember is that was the year that 
they were like expected to just roll to the World Series, and the Dodgers, who were like no one expected them to win the West, and they just kind of squeaked it out. And then Hershiser had two magnificent games against the Mets, and they actually went to the World Series. And that was the last time the Dodgers won a World Series. And uh, baby, I really hope they can get it this year because boy, that team looks good, man. Cody Bellinger looks like a completely different person with that beard. Yep. I mean, I was I was like, where's Cody Bellinger? I thought it was like Max, Max Muncy or something. <laughs> I was like, dude, I've never seen one person look. That's like. That's he like, also looks like he's put on a little muscle. Yeah, a little, a little thicker. Yeah. I mean, still pretty lean, but but more doesn't look. It, Corey Seager still looks young because he looks like he kind of he has kind a of baby stringy. face. Yeah. Well, his body's kind of stringy, you yeah. know. And he hasn't gotten an old man. But he has you know, no work girth yet. He has no facial hair or anything. Right. Either. Right. Yeah. But boy, he sure looks good. He looks like he is right back into where he was. Yep. I mean, his his fielding has been spectacular as always, yep. and then his hitting has been very nice. I mean, yeah. he's had some big hits for the Dodgers. Uh, as is Kiki Hernandez. I mean, this team looks good. Team looks really good. Okay. And they have their two, con- conceivably their top two pitchers are on the DL or IL, excuse me. Yeah. Which that's amazing to think that Kershaw and Hill are not pitching. And they look amazing. And, yeah, they're one and one which is really annoying because they should have gone for a wire-to-wire. What was the reason for the change in the name from DL to IL? Was that seriously a political thing? Like a That's what I heard. Thing? I don't know if that's true. Because somebody called it the disabled Because, yeah, it said no one wants to be called disabled. And that's, that's what Oral Hershiser said last night as he was commentating. So, Oh, got it back? Do we have JP back on the line? Why, yes, you do. Welcome back to the Sports Offensive. I see the the skies have parted and become blue, and it looks very nice outside now. I'm, I don't know if it's warm, but it looks nice. And, uh, you know, we were, we're barely just getting past uh, the beginning of opening day here. We kind of went over uh, what we thought would be fun to have as our favorite three pitches if we were if we were a pitcher. Uh, hang on, I'm not sure. Uh, it's oh, in there. Um, okay. And, uh, but uh, – Back to opening day. Bryce Harper has gone hitless in two games. Are are you thinking the, the Phillies are regretting signing him yet? Absolutely not. If you're going to walk Bryce Harper to make the bases full and you're going to pitch the Royce Hopkins, good luck with that one all day long. JP, I had, Philly, I had a Philly cheesesteak last night. It wasn't that impressive. Ooh, that's what I'm going to go get for lunch. That sounds Where'd awesome. Where'd you go? The one over here by Mark's place. I think it's called Southside Philly. You didn't like it? Yeah, there, there's I not many places that I'll hang my hat on wonderful. with Phillies in this town. If the you really want a Philly, you've got to go downtown to the bar. But I've had I've been there before and had good experience. Yeah, they're great. They're oh, usually great. really good. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty all authentic. I mean, they've got, like, the original Amoroso roll and the chopped steak. And, I mean, it's it doesn't have – they don't do whiz. It's white American. Right. Uh, but still, always pretty good. I'd man. rather have that anyway, though. Yeah, but I was uh, I was really disappointed yesterday. I just no wasn't kidding. that impressed, man. Yeah. Well, well you, you know what? Have the right spice combination in. Pat's downtown is the place to go. I mean, you guys would love it because you get your cheesesteak on, you're going to get cheap drinks, and they have gambling night. They have Texas Hold'em night uh, on the table. Table and gamble. Is Pat's the best in Denver, you think, in your opinion? Yeah, by by far. And you're a whiz guy, aren't you? No, I'm actually not. I like white American or provolone. Okay, and then do you – 
do you do like a little bit of tomato sauce? Is that where you're from? Now that's Pocono style because oh, that's that where I am. Cool. Because Pocono style has the it's not tomato sauce. It's a version of marinara that has yeah. a bit more kick to it, um, a yeah. little more robust flavor. It's not what you want to put on spaghetti or your pasta or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's a little thinner. What right? I'm it's talking about is a robust tomato. <laughs> yeah. Me. But that's what you like? Do you prefer that, or do you like the cheese, uh, the white American style better? I like the white American if I'm reminiscing and I'm back in the Poconos. Or, well, I lived on the – I grew up on the foothills of the Pocono. My my actual high school was built inside of a mountain, and we have two rocks. We put a PA, Pinardville High School, put a PA up there, and uh, we eat that marinara on top of it, which really isn't marinara. You can actually get – you know what? I almost want to call my mom and have her send a jar of the steak sauce for next week, oh. so you guys can try it. Maybe I'll uh, oh. I'll grab the shaved steak, which um, King Supers now sells, and I'll make you guys some authentic cheese steaks. Oh, that sounds good. You can just do that later today. You have to make them Nate spicy, <laughs> not Nate spicy. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Burn no, no, off no, our no, no, no. There's no spice in these cheese steaks, man. It, okay, it's okay. all okay. I, If all we're right. talking wings and other stuff, then I go can't straight. Cut, can't kill your co-hosts, dude. Dude, I will never no, eat a I'm wing Mary that you make ever, <laughs> ever, ever again. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um, so before what, we run oh out of time, green, I gotta stop. Yeah, I hear you. Me too. I just remember that. I just remember I got I had some of the mild Bloody Mary mix, and I couldn't even drink two drinks of it. It was so spicy. Yeah, it um, gave me heartburn just looking at it. Right? Oh man, horrible heartburn. <laughs> wow, coming up through your nose. I'm such a, I'm um, such a nice guy. <laughs> the uh so let's jump into our uh, division rankings here because we are you know time's going to get away from us before we even know it um and uh can't find the page i was looking for but starting with the east i mean obviously the red Sox and the yankees are you know are are two of the elite teams in baseball right now which one do you think is 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 better jp well, odds on favor right now, everyone's saying Yankees. I mean, you got Judge, you got that whole lineup. I mean, they're stacked top to bottom. I totally agree. The Yankees look scary to me. They're deep. I mean, they've got LeMahieu isn't even a starter. I mean, they, Frazier is oh, – I guess they traded Frazier. But, I mean, they've got just – they're just deep. I mean, that Voight looks like he looks real good. I mean, it's one game, two games, but he looks real good. You know, how about you? I, I wish I could make the show more exciting and disagree with you guys, but I just can't. I think the Yankees are, first of all, that lineup, as JP mentioned, is incredibly dangerous. Uh, I mean, you got Stanton, you got Judge, you know, I mean, just top to bottom. Everybody a bunch, on that. bunch of sluggers. Yeah, I mean, all of them, right? Yeah. Sanchez, uh, I mean, every one of them has the ability to crush it out of the park on any pitch, so... I think there's a resurgence there from them this year. Yeah. I think Stanton is and Judge are both back in that mid-40 homer range, uh, if not even a little higher. And I think they have some other guys that can really jack it out. But uh, I think the key is going to be their bullpen. You know, I do think their starting pitching is very good. Uh, they're probably, you know, third or fourth best in the American League, in, in my opinion, with the starting pitching, which is, you know, pretty good. But I mean, Tanaka the bullpen and – Severino right there. I mean, obviously Severino's hurt right now, but he's on his way back. Yeah. 
So that's two great starters. You got Sabathia for a swan song. Who are their other two pitchers? I can't think of them off the top of my head because I know they traded away Sonny Gray. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who do they have? Um, geez, I'm drawing a blank as well. But uh, while uh, they you have, look, um, when you, while you well, look they have, up, they have oh. Sabathia, Domino German, Zach oh, uh, Burton, Chad Green, Jonathan Holder, Tommy Kale. Well, those are the relievers, but uh, you know, Britain, uh, Britain, Chapman, and Otavito. I mean, yeah, there's your six, seven, eight, or and your Bat- seven, eight, nine, and Batances. Oh, they still have Batances. Yeah. So I know he's kind of taking a step back, but it, that's the bullpen of of the major leagues, guys. In my opinion, that's the best bullpen in baseball, and especially with that seventh, eighth. Oh, I mean, Zach Britton is your eight. And then Chapman is your nine. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to get a hit? Yeah, it's going to be really tough. <laughs> so I do. I go with the Yankees, guys. Um, I think we're all in agreement. Then the guys, Red Sox. I got to ask you a question real quick. I don't know. So, I you know, agree. I'm going to ask you a question because uh, you know, obviously, I'm a baseball guy and uh, I watch TV. Why on opening day were the Yankees, the number one team, probably the best team in baseball? We're playing the Orioles, the worst team in baseball, the only game on at 11.05, our time. <laughs> to make sure everyone saw the Yankees and make sure they won. I mean, they, exactly. The, the I was mean, so depressed to see that. The Orioles are almost a triple-A team right now. I mean, they have nobody. What, who? Is there anybody that you're drafting on that team? Does Chris is, A still have Chris Davis? I don't even think he got I don't drafted. No, man. What about uh, Dylan Bundy? Is he still there? Yeah, he so is. Maybe him? Yeah. Galsman's gone. Yep. That's a terrible team, man. Adam Jones, he just got picked up today in fantasy. I didn't realize he was a free agent. I thought he got drafted. I was like, damn, dude, I should have picked him up. Yeah. He's looking real good for Arizona. Yeah. Um, And just a side note for, for anybody who happened to draft Justin Upman, Up, Upton, um, he got turf toe. He's out for eight to twelve weeks. Whoa! I didn't even know turf, turf toe, toe was that severe. But eight to twelve turf weeks toe is like a couple of days. I've I've seen nope. people play on turf toe in, within a day or two. Nope. Six eight to twelve weeks. Just was reading it last night. I couldn't believe it. And they were wow. like, "Wow!" They were like, "They were like, we were hoping for a shorter re- recovery time, but it looks like it's going to be at least that long." And it's like, "Wow!" I don't know if it's a version of turf toe or something else. I don't even really know what turf toe is, but just sad to think a toe is causing all that problem. I'm pretty sure it's a tendon or a ligament in your in your big toe that and you can't balance anymore. Or yeah, whatever. I don't know. It just gets like crazy or torn or. Yeah. I know. I know. Antonio Nate hit it right on the head. It is a tendon in your big toe that gets stretched. Yep. So just painful, you think? I think it's painful, but I also think it inhibits your movement quite a bit. Less stable. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean that big toe. That's what uh, keeps you upright. You know. Right. So well, so who would be your second place team if not the Red Sox, the uh, defending world champs? I actually think the Red Sox have a hangover this year, and I'm going with Tampa. Well, I mean, they certainly came close last year. I yep. mean, they almost made the playoffs. I mean, they they didn't quite hit the I upper think echelon. They had but... some really sneaky moves in the off season, and they have some really good young pitching and an innovative manager. So I, who is their manager? Um. I don't remember the guy's name. I always still think of him as uh, they got Charlie Morton. Yeah, but they uh, they made some really sneaky moves in the off season. Yeah, Char- Charlie Morton was a nice one. They brought in a couple sneaky hitters. 
the depth chart only has three starters because <laughs> they, they don't pitch full games. That's what I mean. Yeah. So they have a guy, uh, Yanni, Yanni Chirinos, who actually had a pretty good year last year. They usually will employ a starter when it's his turn in the rotation. Isn't that weird? And so the guy <laughs> will come in and pitch one or two innings, and then Chirinos will come in in the third and pitch through whatever, you know, fifth or sixth. So he's kind of a rubber arm guy. He is, yeah. So I think he's going to be – if he's not owned in fantasy, I'd be surprised because yeah. he qualifies as a reliever, I believe. And they get a whole bunch of wins being right in those middle innings. Yes, I yeah. think that's the hope. But, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Glass now has a breakout year, but who knows? I mean, yeah. He may be a couple of years. But away. they have they have some pretty sneaky hitters actually that they that they got in this off season oh, too. Zunino's not bad. Yeah. Matt Duffy, I guess you could say, is okay. He had a decent year last year. Uh, Tommy Pham's a nice player. Yes. Um, I think Tommy Pham is better than a nice player. He sure looked he sure looked good last year, and he's looking real good this year so far. Yeah. Uh, and then Brandon Lowe is their big uh, rookie kind of. Yep. They gave him a contract, and they had him batting fourth, and he didn't do so well the first yeah. game. But it's it's one game. I mean, baseball's a a long marathon. It's no short it sprint. So, but I still got the Red Sox third. Okay. I assume you both have the Red Sox, probably. I do. Yeah. Uh, no, then, I actually have the Red Sox third. There you go. Well, guys are twisting it up. Yeah, I, I have I have I have Devil Rays third uh, fourth, and then. Blue Jays look terrible. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, third, and then Blue Jays look terrible at fourth, and the Orioles, like I said, look like but they're just, but Yeah, they're better than the Orioles. <laughs> just, Orioles have nothing. I think the Blue Jays actually have some decent young pitchers, and they do have a lot of hitters coming up through the ranks. Uh, they have Vlad Guerrero Jr., as we all know, the big Uber prospect. Um, you know, he's injured right now with a calf strain, but uh, they also have Bo Bichette, who's Dante Bichette's son that plays shortstop. Um, and then they have Craig Biggio's kid as well, I think. Uh, Kayvon, I think, is how you pronounce his name. Kayvon, nice. They had yeah. a buddy in high school came kid. Yeah, uh, Kayvon Biggio. And I, I, I'm not sure what position he plays. But uh, those three are kind of all big, big-time prospects that will be up within the next year, year and a half. So you're going to see the, the Blue Jays ca- start catching up again. Yeah, it'd be nice. They need a more competitive division. They need some pitching too. But yeah. maybe maybe uh, Aaron Sanchez finally has the year that uh, that we all kind of thought he would have one day. Uh, so the Central Division, this one's tricky. Um, I personally have the Cleveland Indian kind of running away with it. Uh, I think the White Sox are a year away. I think the Twins are going to go back a little bit. I think the Tigers are just kind of just floating. I think the Royals are taking a step forward. I think the Royals have a lot of team speed. We saw it with Merrifield and Mondesi so far this season, and we've seen their pitching. They finally have a good bullpen again. And Billy Hamilton. So, I mean, they got it. The Royals have a lot of speed. speed. A lot of speed. Yeah, Billy needs to be able to get on base, but yep. if he can, yep. uh, that make a big, big, big difference. Uh, but that's just kind of how I rank the teams. I mean, I'm not exactly a specific order, but I think it's Indians come out of there with the, with the division, and I don't think any wild cards do. What do you guys think about that division? Go ahead, JP. Well, you know, Nate, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize right now because your Twins are in this division. Um, I think the Kansas City Royals take a bunch of steps forward. Uh, the Indians have been mired in kind of stagnant place um, where they've made the playoffs. They just haven't advanced. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, yeah, I think the division could be a little bit wide open right now. 
Oh, yeah, I like it. I, I mean, I like the analysis. I I agree with Mark. I think Cleveland, that pitching staff is just so good. I think they're the best pitching staff in the American League, in my opinion. Uh, as far as, you know, depth goes, at least the starting pitching. Let me emphasize that. Um, I'd say yeah. top five pitchers, though, they're probably the best in baseball. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Their easily. starting rotation is yeah. easily the best rotation, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. And I think it, it's pretty far and away the best rotation. Now, I the mean, bullpen took a hit, you know, over the over the last couple of years, yeah. obviously. And so they're a little thinner there. But with Lindor and Jose Ramirez, man, that is those two guys alone are going to win a, a few games. So I just think they're the class of that division, at least for one more year, barring a big blowout. And they have to, you know, end up trading some of their pitchers. But um, I, I disagree with you guys on the Twins. I think they take another step forward this year. Um uh, I really, Homer. yeah, Homer, yeah. But I, I've read a lot about him. I really love Rocco Baldelli, who's their new manager. Uh, he's he comes from that Tampa Bay, that innovative, um, you know, front office, and and I think he's gonna, you know, he's young still. He he's only like thirty seven, thirty eight years old. So I think that energy is gonna really help the clubhouse out a lot. Uh, I think forward. I think their pitching staff is going to be much better than they were last year. Uh, I think their bullpen is going to surprise some people. Uh, Panetta, definitely a huge part of their season. It's going to depend on whether he can rebound and give them some starts. If he can get 25 starts, man, I will be very happy with that. And, you know, I think Odorizzi rebounds a little bit from his down year last year. Uh, I, Barrios looks to me like the real deal. Man, you talk about a, a guy that looks way more mature physically. You know, they interviewed him at the end of the game. I was like, "Geez, that guy looks like a wholly different person. <laughs> like he, like he had a baby face, and now he's kind of growing some jowls and looks muscular. And yeah. um, boy, he's he's awesome. So I have some high hopes for the for the Twinkies this year. I do think you know there's going to be some down things as far as like Miguel Sano. I'm not real up on, but. Um, there's some good things coming up from the miners too. So watch out for the Twinkies. If the, if Buxton can become the hitting leader and if Barrios can take that next step into true ACE territory, then I would completely change my position on whether or not there can be a wild card. But for me, it's that I haven't seen them do that yet. And until they yeah. do that, like, like Barrios, I had him last year in fantasy and I've watched him for the last like three years. And the guy, when he's on, he can be spectacular. I mean, he can be almost untouchable, but he just doesn't seem to be able to do it all. The time. He, he's not really a stopper, and yeah. to me, that's the ace designation, if you can stop. Well, I mean, if, if they get a rebound from Panetta, he doesn't have to be the ace. Well, well you think Panetta would be an ace? If he rebounds to full form, yes. I think so. The way he pitched know. two what years his, ago. What was his best year? Two years ago, I think, was his best year. Okay. You have to look it up. But either way, if you have two number twos, I mean, that's still pretty good. But let me let me temper my, you know, what I'm saying a little bit, because I did not say that I expect them to go to the playoffs, because I don't. I don't think they're a wild card team by any means, but I do think they're an 85-win team, and they take a step forward. Well, 85 is pretty good. I mean, yeah. Well, I the American League is – American League, there's going to be at least – 
Well, the Red Sox or Yankees are going to take one of the wild cards. And they're going to, there's going to Almost be a, unquestioned. There'll be at least one hundred game win team, if not yeah. three. Well, Houston, right? So yep, Houston. Houston's ninety eight minimum, I would think, in that division. Houston's going to get a hundred again, I think. Yeah, I don't uh, think why they wouldn't. Yeah, you know, there's been a I've, lot of. I, I've got a really good question for Nate here. Okay. Okay, so the Minnesota Twins, if they are going to make a late run, having an outdoor ballpark and not building a dome for the new ballpark, can they really actually think about doing that in September or October? Well, they won't have a choice. I mean, that's where they're going to have to play. Yeah, what do they do? I mean, snow up there? Personally, I never understood why they built an outdoor ballpark up there. They should have built a dome. It was cheaper. (laughs) And the well, city was cheaper. The city, the city knew what was coming with the Vikings as well, with that new stadium, and they had to dole out a bunch of money, and they weren't willing to dole out a bunch for the Twins after the Vikings yeah. thing kind of happened. So I think yeah. there's a lot of politics around that decision as well. Uh, but it, you know, ultimately, it but comes down to money. Summer to not have, not have I'll a, tell you one you thing: don't if it you done. guys ever get the chance, it's. You know, from what I understand, I haven't actually been there, but my dad said it's one of the best stadiums, you know, that he's ever been to. Um, and they go, you know, they go pretty often every year. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, having a game there in late October doesn't really make sense. However, I do see it as a large advantage for the Twins. Okay. Yeah. I do. Kind of. Really? You don't think so? As somebody that's used, you mean to, like playing used and... to playing it? Uh, I just don't think cold weather ever makes it easy to play baseball. I don't either, but I think if you've played in it a lot more often than the other guy has, that it does a big advantage. I think I, yeah, I guess I don't think it's that much. I think it's it's just a hampering on everyone. Really, you don't think so? When a guy, to me, if they're if you're a team in Florida, I, I just think about how many teams you see players that if it's cold in that city when the season starts, they have slow starts to their season, and then when it warms up, I just think hitting a ball well in the cold is hard. It is, and I don't think it matters if you do it a lot or a little. It's always hard. No, I agree with that, but, but if it what gets I, that cold, yeah. maybe it won't get that cold. No, I'm just saying that there, there's a difference between somebody that's ready to compete in that weather and somebody that's not. Sure, if you're used to it, yeah. yeah. But I just, I, 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 I feel like the hampering it does on people is, yeah, it is would the be big there equalizer. Yeah, um, I hear you. But uh, so we go go to the West. Does anybody not see the Astros winning the West outright? Yeah, I think they probably are the two seed behind the Yankees, but yeah, they're a hundred one team. I mean, or close. The A's did run a challenge last year, and we'll see if they can do it again. The A's are always a sneaky team, and they're always they're always in it. They're they're so smart. Their front office is so smart. They just the really really shrewd moves that they make. I mean, that Chris Davis, that guy is unbelievable. You need another home run. Already. I know <laughs> he's unbelievable. And I don't think that he's getting paid like he should be, but for whatever reason, they got him for cheap and he's happy there. And uh, he's having a fantastic career. Uh, I love what they do with the pitching. You know, they always seem to find some sort of recycled guy. I'm sorry to use that term, but uh, you know, you've got a guy no, like they do reclamation projects. They the are there and they work out. Uh, so it's good coaching. They're like if Captain Chavez it's, was a GM of a baseball team. I think it's, be the good, A's. it's good culture. You know, it really goes to the movie Moneyball and kind of that gave you some insight into the culture that Billy Bean kind of established around there. 
And well, like look at the relieving thing. They've got Fernando Rodney and Joaquin Soria, two guys that are very grizzled and experienced, are going to always give you a good inning because they just know how to pitch. They're major league and, pitchers, and they're getting them on the cheap because they're older. Yep. You know, it's like you don't need to have a fireballer to be an effective pitcher. We were talking about that earlier with the strikeouts. Yeah. You don't have to strike people out. You yeah. strike out people when you need a strikeout, not just to get your numbers pumped up. I, if you want to do that, be a closer. I think people blew the Billy Bean thing out of context a little bit because analytics has become like the biggest thing now in baseball. Like managers hardly, they don't even really do anything anymore. Right. They just, you know, they play, just, the percentage, yeah. they just play the percentages all the time. I think that's gotten a little overblown because I do believe Billy Bean was a big believer in the eye test. Yeah. And he could tell, you know, by watching a player play, if the guy can play baseball. You know, and yes, analytics came into it, of course. I mean, they he wouldn't be who he is, and Moneyball wouldn't be there. But yeah, I think he was definitely, you he, know, he was the kind of guy that could identify talent through his eyes. You know, just by, by seeing, boy, that guy's a good player. You know, and just because he's not six four and two forty and plays shortstop and has a cannon <laughs> for an arm, you know, doesn't make he may not be a you know, one of those crazy talented, physically talented people, but boy, can he play the game, you know, just has a nose for the game. And I think Billy Bean was able to dig those players out, you know, more often than not. Guy's amazing. Yes. Every year. So, you know, uh, question does come up. So the Texans look bad. Um, if you, if you watched any of their play in the last couple of days, Rangers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I say Texans. Yeah. Sorry. Texas Rangers. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're bad. Uh, the other team that's bad is, uh, who else is meant to be? I mean, well, the not Angels. The, not the Angels. The who else? Oh, Mariners. Yeah, the Mariners. Mariners should the Mariners good. look good. We'll see. They should be two and zero. Yeah, they blew it that, last night. Need to see if pitching staff can 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 really Dude, do they, it. Their guys were just jacking them out of the park. They probably had. I tell you what, man. I got that Domingo Santana and I got that Malik Smith. I'm starting to think I might have myself a real solid duo of outfielders to go with Mookie. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, you, you told me about Santana being very streaky. Um, he is. You could certainly say it, that could certainly be the case right now because the guy has got a home Keep run ride that every train, game dude. pretty much, and I didn't start him this week, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to start the guys I drafted first. Sure. And, uh, yeah, that one's stinging because he's, he's got like 20 points already. But uh, it's all good. Uh, but the, uh, what I was going to ask you guys about was the Angels. So they made the signing to get Mike Trout long-term, make sure he didn't go to Philadelphia next year. That was a great move. But I got to ask, are they just completely – Ruin or or wasting him. I mean, he's been there for was this a six year already? He's been amazing every six every year of those six years, and they have not really ever competed. Well, I'll speak to that. I think they have kind of a interesting approach since the new ownership took over in the nineties. Um, you've seen them change their name a couple times. That's a Maduro or something. It starts with an M. Hispanic dude, right? Yeah, it yeah. starts with an M. I the one forget. that took him to the World Series. He went to the World Moreno, Series. Moreno. Moreno. Artie Moreno. There you go. I can't believe that came to me. That's, yeah, uh, that is pretty amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> neurons are firing in there. But darn it, what was the point I was trying to make? What were we talking well, about? What's wasting Mike Trout's? Right. So I think the approach that that organization has taken is that they're, they show they're not afraid to spend money. Yeah. So I I think they've made some bad decisions over the last three to four years, and I think 
you know, they're starting to rebound a little bit from that. But, you know, hopefully Otani can come back healthy and, you know, be a superstar for them. But I think they've, they're have they still just financially on the back end of some really bad decisions. And they just had – I think they've weeded out most of them before the season started. I think they still are holding on to a couple guys, I mean, maybe like a shoemaker. and So they've got – they have Justin Upton we talked about with the injury. They've got Andleton Simmons, who, you know, he's he's a decent player. They signed Jason Bauer and Jonathan Lucroy. Both yes. Bauer's still pretty good. Lucroy was not looked so hot the last couple of years. Yeah, but the pitching staff, Trevor Cahill, Matt Harvey, Felix Pena, Tyler Skaggs, and Chris Stratton. It's just that's not ragtag. Yeah. Tyler Skaggs, he might be a nice sleeper this year, but if he can stay boy, healthy, the yeah. rest of that lineup, I mean, well, they lo- they oh. had Haney for a while, but Andrew Haney, but he got uh, he he's out. To... Well, he's he's hurt. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Haney then, because I thought he was. I'm thinking of a Haney that H E A N E Y. We used to be the Padres. I don't know. Maybe think of a different guy. Yeah, maybe. I thought it was Haney. It's like H E A N E Y. Anyway, he's hurt, I think. So, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking with their pitching. That doesn't make any sense to me. But, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, you, when you commit to some guys and, you, you know, you got to pay them, it sucks. And The Pujols contract is starting to look a little albatrossy. Yeah, but this is probably his swan song, too, don't you think? Is this the last year of the deal? It might be. No, no, no. His deal is a couple more years. But is I think, really? yeah. How long was it? Was it a 10 year contract? They it was it, I think nine. I want to say nine. It Boy, could be 10. Did but... the Cardinals look like geniuses on that? I think, they, I mean, he had like one really good year for the Angels and one he's solid been, year. He's but then, pretty, since then it's pretty average. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for what you're paying him. Yeah. You know? For what you're paying him, absolutely. Yeah. And now that he has to be a DH only, it's like he's not aging the way Well, Bob he actually did. did go back and play first base a lot last year. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, this year, because yeah. I mean, because of them having Bauer, he's not going to be playing too much first base. I wouldn't think. I would think hardly ever, if at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. That was just kind of made me think that that I feel bad for Trout. Like I'm going to be tw- I'm going to be 30 years old here before you get a team around me. Some people know? aren't about that. We talked about that before too. You know, he's getting paid. He lives <laughs> in Southern California. Right. Life is good. Right. Life is good, man. You know what? And maybe he thinks well, he and, his, and he trade. stands out. He stands out. You know, yeah. like everybody else around him is not as good as him. So right. he's kind of like a god there. He's the man. So why would you leave? You know? What were you saying, JP? Well, you know, I, I got to say something here because my boy Bryce Harper called him out saying, "Come to Philly next year. Do you want to win championships or you want to be 500 and never see the postseason?" Well, he wants I'm to be awesome. 500, to to 500 million. <laughs> I, I know what he's getting paid, but, I mean, do you want to be a winner or are you going to be a, you know, a mediocre, a, a, the best player on a mediocre team? I don't know. Ask Machado. Well, I think we just answered that question, the yep. latter, right? Yep. I, I think well, we did. Yeah, he wants to be on a mediocre team. And, you know, maybe he's just, maybe he thinks we've just had bad luck, you know? We get a couple of good trades and a yeah, couple you, of good players. And, you know, the Miners, I, I, I guess I wondered if the problem that they might be experiencing is that because of where they finish every year, which is kind of like right in the middle, that they're not getting that top 10 draft pick. And, of course, in baseball, there's much many more rounds and many more 
players. Plus, but, they were good for so many years. They had they've traded away so many assets. Try to get better, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and is Socha still there? Did he quit last year? Last year, year was his last year. That's yep. not going to help either. He yeah. was a good coach. He was a good manager. So, yeah. Anyway, onward and upward to the uh, the better league, the National League. Um, we've got the East, which is they're just boy, a year away from adding a. A DH in that league. You know, that'll be just a sad, sad, <laughs> sad day when we turn baseball into more of the of the, of the back road sport instead of the <laughs> metropolitan sport. Um, boy, guys, tell me, uh, someone take the floor. Uh, who wins this division? The East? I'll tell yeah. you what, man. You want me to take the floor? It's the well, Phillies' division to win. It's the Phillies' division to lose. They, the Braves are on the up and coming. They just beat them ten to four on opening day, and they're going to play them today. Um, so they're one zero. And um, the sky's the limit for the Phillies, man. They have a bunch of youth and they have a bunch of pitching, and I love this team right now. Hard to argue. I, I mean, yeah. it's hard to argue. At least you know I know it's only a game or two in, but right. JP, everything you said echoes with me. Um, you know, I think Bryce, the addition of Bryce Harper, um, the addition of Real Muto, um, Big additions. yeah, they're just, they're tough, man. And I think Nola looks to be like the real deal and kind of maybe the next big deal. Right. <laughs> he is, he could be a Roy Holiday, a very good pitcher. Um, and yeah, they just got a ton of talent on that team. My gosh, a ton of power. Uh, Reese Hoskins. I yep. mean, wow. So they're uh, they're going to be good for at least the next three or four years. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think they're going to be challenged, and I think they're going to be challenged. This is this maybe the best division in baseball. I think you're going to see the most beat up division. Yeah, and a good chance you don't see a wild card out of this because of so much beating up on each other. But I think absolutely top to bottom division in baseball. I mean, the yeah. Marlins are the only ones I will not say have a chance. Yeah, I mean, the Central, you might be able to argue the Central is as good, but not top to bottom. Mm-mm. I think this this is the best division in baseball, top to bottom. I mean, the Mets, if, if DeGrom is legit and uh, Thor pitches like before, Wheeler has a good year, Mats has a decent oh, year. Oh, they have a ton of talent. The Mets have a ton Cano of talent. Cano added, Bruce, or Jay Bruce added. I mean, if everybody just does just does their job, no one even has to just dominate. Just do your job. Mets could be a, I, a serious challenge. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Mets win the division. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Washington win the division. Right. Wouldn't that be something to post all the hype of everything? That's when they finally start to do something. Hey, got some nice outfield, young outfielders. and uh, They have some amazing young outfield talent. I think that's why they let Bryce Harper go. You know, mm-hmm. they thought we'd try to get him on the cheap at the end of the season last year. Get a hometown discount. But uh, yeah, they've moved on and they still have, you know, an aging Max Scherzer, but boy, he was unbelievable last year. And uh, I think he's going to be unbelievable again this year. So yep. that pitching staff is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think, that bullpen is pretty good after what they've done the last couple of years, and they're going to be right in it too. And of course, JP talked about Atlanta, you know, another team that won the division actually last year. Right. And so uh, we know they can do it. They did. They it. made some really shrewd moves as well, bringing in like Josh Donaldson and uh, some pitching. And I mean, I, wouldn't you know, that be crazy if he would bounce back to who he was and he hit them, you know, hit them forty-one home runs and 
really anchors that lineup with Acuna. I hope he I does. Mean, you know, you know, Al- Albies comes around and, and blossoms into a good leadoff player. Yeah. Well, you got to you could have a good lineup and and they the could win the, a little thin. But. Yeah, but they could win the division again. That that's sure. the reason I think I have them probably taking a step back. Yeah. Is that and it's not Agreed. for lack of talent at pitching, but it's ta- uh, lack of maturity. I guess would be the word because. Yeah, I can see that. I think they have talent. You know, I think they've the guys they have can throw really hard, (laughs) and they have a lot of movement. You know, Newcomb throws a hundred. Well, I think the reason uh, Fontenewitz. Oh, I thought it was Fultonevich. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Mike Fontenewitz. <laughs> you probably watch more baseball than I do. I don't. Watch, I watch my teams. I don't watch every teams a lot. Yeah, so. I, I really don't know how it's pronounced. I thought it was Fultonevich, but I, maybe it's, unless we're talking about different people. No, it's the a starter, same right? Yeah. And they all, They also have. Is there's a that guy that's in the Cardinals? Saint Louis. Okay, he's a Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't even. I, I see them taking a step back, and I don't think it's a lack of talent. I think it's the teams around them caught up in talent. I, I agree with that, and I. I think they're probably bringing up the rear there, although. Well, the Marlins. Yeah, the Marlins, right? The Marlins are going to oh, be the in the cellar, and they're they're rebuilding. You know, they brought in uh, Jeter, and Jeter is now part owner and you know in charge of the front office, and uh, they're gonna they'll be back here in you know four or five years. It's going to take some time to build yep. up that minor league, but uh, they got a couple of good young exciting players. We'll see. It'll work. Yeah, eventually. I mean. You know, the Marlins have done it in a certain way all throughout the different owners. Yeah. They build up and well, then they crash top, apart. Top to bottom, give me your five. In that division? Yeah. Phillies, Nationals, Mets, Braves, Marlins. JP? Um, Phillies, Braves, slash Mets. I mean, that's going to be a tough race. Uh, let me say one thing real quick to both of you. Um, 08, 09, I worked in the Phillies organization, obviously, with the Iron Pigs. They were geared up to win a World Series in 08. They won it in 08 against the Rays. I was there. They lost it against the Yankees in 09. I was there. This team is geared up for a World Series run right now. But obviously the Marlins are. What did he say? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the Marlins are at the bottom. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, buddy. We're just teasing you. Um, so in the central. Well, so I think I got, I've got the Marlins at the bottom. I've got the Braves just one up from them. I've got the Mets, then the Nationals, and then the Phillies first. So we're so we the same. I went reverse, finish. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, Central. I agree with that. So Central could be a big change here because we've got Milwaukee now has Nebel is out for Tommy John's surgery. That's a huge blow to that team. Uh, oh. There's a second huge blow to that team, which is that they uh, Jeffries, who was the closer last year, has been having some issues uh, with injuries. And I think they call it shoulder fatigue. Or something. Uh, not they didn't call it dead arm, so I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. But I know he's you know he kind of had some issues at the, near the end of last year. Um, if they're if they're down to just that hater who's an amazing pitcher, that's going to be a problem for them. They are a bullpen team, and losing two thirds of their of their massive trio will not help. Craig Kimbrell talked to them before the season started, but they didn't sign him. This is one of the best closers in baseball, and he does not have a team. I don't know what's going on, 
uh, if he just wants way too much money or what's going on. But someone needs to sign him, and I think it needs to be Milwaukee because I think without uh, a stellar bullpen, it's just going to be a disaster of a team. So, you know, you got the Cubs, who obviously they won a World Series a couple years ago. You've got the Cardinals, who have rebuilt, and they brought in Goldie, who looked terrible in game one, but blasted three home runs in game number two. Uh, you get the Pirates that are, are kind of retooling. They've got some talent, but uh, they, I think they're still retooling. And then you got the Reds, who have made a lot of additions over this offseason to try to be competitive, and they think they're, they're 1-0, right? I mean, so, it, again, baseball being 1-0 means really very, very little. So, um, different division than was before, but I think these injuries to the bullpen for the Brewers has removed them from a top tier spot. And that leaves the Cubs, I think alone. Now, not that the Cardinals can't challenge for that first place, but I think the Cardinals are more likely a wild card because the Cubs have a lot of really good talent. And a lot of it was down last year and it probably won't all be down again this year. And with that down talent, they won what 102 games or whatever it was. So uh, when your talent is not doing well and you win a hundred games shows you how much potential you have. And I think that the Cubs probably put this division away early, but I think the Cardinals are in the, in the thick of it for a wild card berth. Uh, the other teams I think are all at least a year away from competing. I, so that's some great analysis, dude. I love what you said about Milwaukee. Um, I think signing Kimbrell, you know, at this point would be pretty good. I don't know the extent of Jeffress's injury. Yeah, I don't either. I just know that they've just been talking a lot about but his Neville, shoulder fatigue. Neville's done. Done. Tommy John. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely I like that for the fact that uh, my Josh Hader <laughs> stock goes up should a little be, bit. Should be a guarantee closer. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I do I agree with you that they they just outperformed all expectations last year. I do think Craig Council is the best manager in baseball, and uh, I think that they – will fight behind that. I think, you know, Ryan Braun might have a pretty decent year. Um, we'll see what happens. You need to but play him more. I agree. And I, but I think you, I, I agree with Mark and the, the, the Cubs, that pitching rotation is actually sneaky good. Um, and they're going to rebound big this year. You've got Cole Hamels. I think he's still got at least another year or two of some pretty good pitching left in him. I think uh, Hendricks rebounds big time. I do believe that. I think uh, I think Darvish is finally going to have a decent year. That son of a bitch. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And I think Lester's in a swan song. Like I think he comes back, but I think this is his last good year. Yeah, I think he's probably near the end. Yeah. So I just I like them to take it. I do like the Cardinals to to come out uh, come out of that second, um, and then. I guess I'll, I'll have Milwaukee holding on third. <laughs> right, it's just Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati has the talent to catch them, yeah. but I don't think they have the maturity and the experience. So I think they're four, and then yeah, they need some time to play together, get to know each other. Yeah, I think the Pirates just man, they're just uh, they're rebuilding again. Let's just hop straight over to the West because we're getting we're getting real close on time. Yep. Um, obviously, I'm a homer with the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers look fantastic. I don't think they're challenged this year for the first place because I think last year they played substandard and they look like they've got everything back together this year. So I think that it won't be that close for the Rockies. Rockies, I think, I think can again go for a wild card thanks to having the 
uh, the Giants and uh, and Arizona to beat up on, who I don't think are going to win in that many games. Um, San Diego, good talent, good young talent, looking like a good team. Pitching staff looks good. Still, like you know, I think they may they may challenge the Rockies for that wild card spot, maybe. But uh, you know, I, I think the Dodgers 100 wins is not a is, wouldn't be a shock to me, especially in that division. But you guys can tell well, me. Well, Mark, you think. does Clayton make it all the way through the year? Dude, I just hope he pitches at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, all right. If you give it twenty-five starts, twenty-five starts. I have great. to agree. I think I want him to pitch as well because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> but twenty-five starts and uh, Dodgers are Dodgers are seven deep at pitching. So if they can, if Rich Hill and Clayton Kershaw together can give them an ace for the year, you know, combining their starts, giving ace starts, um, I think Dodgers are fine. And Kenley looked great last night or two nights ago. And, well, no, last night too. Um, you know, got the heart issue under control. Looks like he's looks like he's okay. So, um, I think we got about five minutes. Let's, let's try and run through awards real quick. Yeah. So, uh, JP, I, I got to go to you first. Hey, for the, b- oh. before we go through the awards, I just wanted to see if we could pick our World Series teams real quick. Go so, for it. do it. Oh, yeah, I, I actually have the Rockies winning the division. So nice. Uh, I have them going to the World Series. That'd be fun. And then I've got the Yankees. So it's going to be Rockies, Yankees. Who wins? I got the Yankees. Damn it. I know. Nate, why do you have to do that? It's already snowing. Nate. I know. All right, JP, how about you? Uh, Phillies, Yankees, Yankees win, and I want to hang myself for saying that. Uh, 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 uh. You guys are both saying Yankees. That's just terrible. I think it's going to be Dodgers and Houston, and I think Houston's going to win it again. So wow. I think Cole and Verlander are going to be uh, spawn in Spain and hope, pray for rain. Houston is a very good team. Let's, deep, let's deep, just say deep. that. All right, JP, we so, got to start with you. Before we get to the awards, I want to say something real quick about the Central. The Cubs and St. Louis are very evenly matched right now. St. Louis has a very good front office, and I'll tell you what, don't underestimate a good front office. I know the GM there, and 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 he is going to bring a winning attitude to that team. That's going to, I mean, they're rivals, so they're going to challenge there. And you know what? The Rockies are going to give the Dodgers a run for their money this year, is what I think. And I know Nate thinks the same thing. So watch out for these two races. Let's go into awards. So go ahead and start off with the uh, NL Cy Young Award winner. Oh, boy. Um, you guys start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just I, – I think it, DeGrom looks like he's picking up right where he left off. So I think it'll be him. Gosh, I wish I could uh, – that's exactly who I'm picking. Yep, DeGrom. I mean, well, it's just he looks. He looks like the way he looks the way Kershaw did when Kershaw was the best. He looks like he's a man in a groove. Yeah, you're yep. like like it, like it, when you're not when you won't be shocked by an under two ERA. And the team's going to be better this year too. Yeah. So, yeah. how about you, JP? You want to throw well, Nola out there? <laughs> I'd love to, but I, I want you guys to start because I don't want to sound like you guys are following what I'm going to do. But Degrom, I think, is the man. Yeah, I don't even be close. How about MVP? Who wants to go? Nate, you go first. Ooh, that's a good question. MVP. Hmm. I think I am going to go out on a limb and I'm going to go with, um, going to go with Nolan Arenado. Oh, that would be cool, man. He deserves hardware like that. How about you, JP? 
you know, my boy from Vegas that plays in Philly right now, I, he's got to show, show up for work every single day. And Philly is a town that's going to make you know if you do or you don't. So I'm going to put Bryce Harper in that category. Certainly never a shock if he's on 90 seconds. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Goldschmidt. Uh, carries the Cardinals to a, to a division title. Uh, how about Rookie of the Year in the NL? Ooh. Uh, I'll go with Juan Soto. I'll go with Robles. Does he still qualify? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. He may not. If not, I'll go with Robles. Because um, I was going to go Soto, but I don't know if he qualified for it because I had him on my fantasy team last year. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. That's a good question. All right, give, me your, three. give me your three in the American League real quick. Uh, let's see. American League. Uh, Justin Verlander wins a Cy Young. Um, Aaron Judge wins the MVP. And Eloy Jimenez wins the Rookie of the Year. Wow. Those are nice picks. Okay, I'll go Francisco Lindor, MVP. Nice. Uh, I'll go with uh, Cole Ham- or I'm sorry, Garrett Cole, Cy Young. I and like then that. Uh, I'll go with Vlad Jr. All right, JP, got about 23 seconds. Um, let's see here. I like your first pick. I like Nate's second pick and Vlad Jr. for my, my rookie. You guys are crazy. He's not going to play. Anymore. All right, ten, down to 10 seconds. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week, and have a wonderful snowy weekend. Offensive. Out.